0: Say hey, good morning and welcome everybody uh, appreciate everybody making an effort to be here and uh, appreciate the children this morning and, um, we were just uh sitting there thinking uh, we got uh, we appreciate having some burdens for some people um there's a there's a couple people that's been coming that i think the lord's really been dealing with and uh just, i appreciate uh having that burden i've had times where i really haven't had specific people on my heart and uh, I appreciate when i have somebody and i can pray for them and uh, i just pray that they're here this morning and the lord will speak to them and show mercy to them uh, let's remember our service and uh, remember every effort Uh, just everybody do everything that the lord asked them this morning i'm brother taylor dismisses sunday school to be here this morning appreciate everybody for being here and uh brother carl had asked me to teach last sunday and uh becky wasn't feeling well and was running a fever so i don't think she had covid i don't know but uh we just decided to stay in didn't want to spread it i guess that's just kind of where we're at so uh, but i appreciate it i called him and he said yeah i'll go ahead and teach it but he asked me about teaching this week interesting lesson this week I I really haven't studied a whole lot prior to this week I'm aware of this topic but I haven't studied a whole lot on Ishmael and that's where we're at we're going to be in Genesis 21 is uh, where our our lesson is at so Genesis 21st chapter so in talking about Ishmael uh, of course Abraham is certainly a big part of that discussion and I wanna talk a little bit uh, right here at the beginning and just talk a little bit about the timeline of Abraham and where kinda of things fit into the timeline of his life. I think it, it helps it, it helped it me in trying to piece this together. In my mind, and I, I guess I probably knew this wasn't exactly correct, but just when I started this study this week, uh, I put, uh, I put Ishmael and Isaac, I put them real close together uh, and, and they are certainly intertwined and their stories are intertwined, uh, but as I'm thinking about this, just kind of in my mind's view, I've got both of them being the same age uh, and that's not the case and, and we'll kind of go through that and that's just interesting to me uh, and uh, there's some really good natural things that I want to bring out in this lesson. But there's also some, uh, I think, a really good spiritual representation uh, pointing towards Christ and, and the whole Bible. If you can't see Jesus in the lesson somewhere, you're missing it. And, and I wanna try to uh, make that, uh, those points and point this towards Christ. And, and certainly when you're dealing with representations, uh, there can be multiple interpretations but I'll give you, you know, what mine is and what my thoughts are. And if you've got something different, we'll certainly chime in. That doesn't mean that, that I'm wrong or you're wrong. I mean, you know, scriptures can represent a couple of different things. So desire your prayers this morning. I'll tell you, I'm a little bit handicapped. I left my glasses at work. And so I'm, I'm, uh, if I'm squinting, that's why. So, uh, but, uh, so uh, Abraham, whose name was originally Abram, Uh, And I didn't, I I didn't, we won't really get into his name change, but we'll just call him Abraham. Uh, Some of these things he was still being referred to as Abram. So uh, he was 70 years old when God uh, spoke to him the first time in Haran. Now he left with his father, Terah, and they traveled and and they were headed toward Canaan. And uh, dad preached a great sermon on that just not too long ago that they got to Haran which was on the journey toward Canaan and Terah stopped there he had some family there there was some things that you know were good reasons from a natural standpoint to stop but dad made some great points on it that you know we need when God tells us to do something especially salvation starting that journey toward that is great but we need to get there and uh, and, and Terah he stopped in Haran and he died there But then God spoke to Abraham and said, "Okay, I want you. I want you to head on towards Canaan." And so uh, Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran, heading towards uh, Canaan. Uh, In when he was 86, so 11 years later, Ishmael was born. All right, and. Abraham was a hundred when Isaac was born. So there's 14 years or maybe a little more, but right at 14 years difference in age in Ishmael and Isaac. And again, just in my mind, I don't know, everybody else may have, may have had that already figured out, but I had two little boys two you know, about the same size, maybe a year or two apart running around, but that just wasn't the case. So Ishmael, you know, he was quite a bit older. Um, and then when this lesson picks up, uh, Isaac uh, was weaned, he had got to an age where you know he wasn't dependent on his mother anymore. and Abraham had a party for him. Uh, he you know he threw a feast, uh, which is right where this picks up. So Abraham would have been about a hundred and three when that happened. Uh, and as you'll see, that's at the same time he has this big feast, and that's when... Uh, Ishmael and his mom are told that they need to leave. So we'll certainly get into that some just you know, from a natural standpoint. Uh, but uh, we'll probably go through this, at least the first part of this, uh, just from a natural standpoint, talking about some natural things that I think are good points. Uh, but then we'll try to tie this together from a, a, a spiritual representation. So, uh, Genesis 21 and verse 8. And the child... Now this is talking about Isaac here, uh, and the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. So we've got Isaac, who's born of Sarah, and we've got uh, Ishmael, uh, who was born of a slave. All right, and Ishmael's fourteen years older. If you I, and I did, I went back in the scripture. There's no mention in the scripture where Ishmael was born of Abraham ever having a party. Or when he was old enough to be weaned. There's no no mention there. And so you start to see pretty early on, and you guys probably know where I'm going with this, but just from a standpoint of, of children and how you treat children, just naturally, it's important. Now, I can't say that we've always kept it right to the nickel, but I'll just use Becky and I as an example, and not that we're doing anything great, but I I, mean, I, I know how we've done. So, you know, when it comes time for Christmas, we try to set a certain amount uh, pretty close that we get each of our kids. We try to not have, you know, a party for Elizabeth and, and not have a party for Olivia. You know, when things are important to one, they're important to all. So, uh, it's. It, I, I really uh, don't know exactly what all was going on in Abraham's mind. And there's some, there's some examples that, as we're going through here uh, where I think it, it shows a little bit. But I think Abraham really thought when Ishmael was born, I think he thought that's the child of promise. God had told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and you're going to have so many offspring that the sands of the sea and the stars of the heaven, you know, won't be able to... It's going to be a great number, It was the term that they used. So um, I think Abraham thought it was Ishmael. And why he didn't celebrate that more when Ishmael was first born and for those first 13 years, I don't know. Or if he did, the Bible's silent on it. And I think if he had, I think it would have probably been in there. Um, But he certainly... um, is treating these two boys differently pretty early on. And there is a significant difference here, uh, but just as we go on, just look at that. Uh, so they have this feast, great feast, and, and so verse 9, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which, uh, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking so they're having this feast and here's Ishmael over here he's 14 when uh Isaac's born he's probably 17 approximately now the the commentary said they think that this probably was about when Isaac was about 3 years old and and I don't know that's that could be correct but he's between 14 and 17 we'll put it that way and he sees this party being thrown for his you know his baby brother so to speak and uh how do you think he was feeling? I mean, you've got to turn kind of your mind back. The, I mean, the, the culture here was that the firstborn child was the child, the firstborn son was the one who received the portion or at least the bigger portion of their father's goods. I mean, that was the one that they looked to. So Ishmael is standing here going, I'm the firstborn child. This little runt comes along and, you know, what's all all the big, what's all the party about? So I got to think in my mind that there was some resentment there from Ishmael toward Isaac. It it looks like there was. He was mocking him. Maybe it wasn't out of resentment. Maybe he was just playing. But I think in my mind that there was some resentment there from Ishmael toward Isaac just from a natural standpoint, I think he sees this little kid come along and he's probably going, well, what's this about? I'm the firstborn. You know, they ought to be celebrating me. Why are they celebrating him? Uh, but it wasn't the way it was going to be. Uh, so we'll pick up, pick up at verse 10. Wherefore she, and again, this is talking about Sarah, said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. So Sarah's saying, hey, he's, there's already animosity. There's mocking going on here. This, we're going to have problems the longer this goes. And I want you to send Ishmael and his mom, Hagar, I want you to send them away. So, again, pretty harsh situation. I tried to put myself in, in Hagar, which was, she was a slave uh, from Egypt, and here she is, really didn't have much choice in this circumstance, and has this child, and now, some years later, they're being told to leave, sent into the wilderness. That's a pretty harsh situation when you think about it from her, her perspective. Anybody have any comments on this before we move on? So verse 11. And the thing was very grievous to Abraham's sight because of his son. So he's got Ishmael here, who's probably 17 years old, that if you go back in, I think it's chapter 17, when God tells Abraham right before uh, Sarah conceived, God visited Abraham and told him it was going to happen. Abraham laughed and said, Well, surely you're talking about Ishmael. You know, I mean, this is, I mean, surely God, you're, I mean, let's talk about Ishmael. And God said, It's not Ishmael. You're going to have another son through Sarah, and that's the seed of promise, that's the child of promise. And so Abraham has been thinking, "It's, It's Ishmael for 17 years. And looking at him and so Sarah now says this ain't working I want you to send him and his mom away well you know I think it broke his heart I think he was very concerned I think he was thinking well this is the child of promise or at least could be the child of promise how do I know and he's my son am I just going to send him away and God, this is verse 12, And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So God tells him right here. And he says, pay attention to what Sarah said. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of Hagar I'm going to take care of Ishmael, and your seed is in Isaac, all right? So what does Abraham do? Well, let's look at verse 13 here. And also, the son of the bondswoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, and the child and sent her away, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. So Abraham gets, you know, when he's got this that he's got to do, he doesn't wait around. He gets up and says, okay, here you go. Now, some bread and a bottle of water doesn't sound like a whole lot of provision for sending somebody out, you know, this woman and a 17-year-old boy. uh, You know, here you go into the wilderness of Beersheba. So, you know, and I tried to consider where Abraham was at with all of this, and I'm sure it was a struggle uh, for him to do this. I mean, it would be me. You know, it's my child here, and even though he really didn't, the Bible never really says a whole lot about him having much of a relationship with Hagar, uh, I mean, I think after uh, after Ishmael was conceived, I don't think that they had much of a relationship. But still yet, she was there, and I think he felt responsible for her and certainly felt responsible for Ishmael. And I think he loved Ishmael. Uh, but he did as God said, and he sends them away. Now, the second part of this lesson, starting there at 15, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, so you know, there's a few things we can look at from a natural standpoint. Uh, one of them, uh, and I'll raise my hand on this before I even ask the question, who's ever got impatient with God and tried to help him out a little bit? I will. I'll raise my hand. Uh, <clears throat> you know, from as simple of a thing as, boy, you know, maybe on a Wednesday night prayer service, didn't, you know it's just kind of quiet, and I feel sorry for the person standing up here, and I think, well, I can get up and Say, I'm thankful I'm saved. You know, it's always good to say that. Well, it is always good to say that. But if God hasn't given it to me, why am I getting in the way? Somebody else that God's given something may just have been getting ready to get up. So, um, and, and through our life, I mean, that's a simple example. But there are times when I've gotten impatient with God. All right. And I'd like things to be on Blaine's time frame rather than God's time frame. All right. Well, certainly Abraham and Sarah fit into that situation here. They looked at this and they said, well, you know, Sarah's looking at this and she says, well, I believe God. And he told Abraham that Abraham was going to have a child and that, you know, going to a great nation's going to come out of this child. But here, I mean, she was, let me see, he was... 86, and I think she was 10 years younger than him, so she was probably 76 years old, give or take, uh, 75, 76, beyond childbearing years. And that's what she, you know, so she justifies in her mind, and she creates this situation that seems to make sense. And I think it was, you know, somewhat out of love for Abraham. She wanted him to have an heir. And she puts this together, and justified it in her mind, all right? So first thing is, you know, she sees the need here for there to be an heir. Then she gets this thought in her mind, and she's thinking, well, that must not have been what God meant or God's time frame, so I'm going to help him. And she puts this plan together, and, you know, how much help was that? How did it turn out? didn't turn out very good. I mean, everybody knows generally the story of Ishmael. Um, you know, Ishmael, and if we look at Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and certainly you can follow the bloodline, you know, through the scriptures uh, through the generations right down to Christ. Well, the Muslim faith does the same thing. They look at Abraham and Ishmael that firstborn child, because they place a lot of you know a lot of importance in that firstborn child. So they look at it at Ishmael, not Isaac. They think Isaac is important, but and then they follow Ishmael right down to Muhammad, which is kind of the, the father of the Muslim faith. And so there's a, a division here that happens right at Abraham and, you know, Ishmael and Isaac, there's a division that occurs there that's been going on since then that still affects us today. And again, that's just from a natural standpoint. Just talking about just the two religions, Christianity and and Islam, you know, that happened right here and they trace it right back to Abraham and we trace it right back to Abraham. Is it the firstborn child? Or is it, as God told Abraham, the child of promise? We believe it's Isaac. So what's the significance in that? If you look in uh, Corinthians, I want to go over and get this because I don't want to mess, mess this up. I, it's a little bit long. I couldn't memorize it all. So First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 45. Of course, this is Paul's writing. Give you a chance to get there. So Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 45. And so it is written: the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickened spirit. See, did I jump down too far? And then verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy, the second man. Is the Lord from heaven. So how does that play into this? Well, let's look at these two sons of Abraham and see if if we if we can't see some representations here, because I think there's some real good representation. I think Ishmael is a good representation of that first man. Well, what are you talking about, Adam? Talking about this flesh right here, somebody that every one of us deal with. Okay? And, you know, the Lord on in this lesson comes in and helps Ishmael. I think God loves this flesh. Really? Yeah. I think God loves this flesh. God has done things for me and my flesh that show me that he loves this flesh. All right? And so God cares about us. And it's always hard for me to, to understand how God can look at somebody and know that in a few years down the road, they may make a real bad turn and even stand against him, but he still loves them and blesses them and gives them opportunity now. Alright? And he did Ishmael. But Ishmael is certainly a representation of the flesh. And the flesh is really if there was any problem with the law, it was this flesh. We're unable to live to the standard of God's law. The law was just and perfect and good. We, this flesh, me, I'm the, I'm the part of it that can't live up to that. All right? So Ishmael by himself, and, and I can say blame by himself, I had no hope. But Ishmael represents that, that law or that flesh side of this two-man equation that we've got going on. Well, as you heard me read, Jesus is that second man, all right? Isaac is a representation, and he's in the bloodline of Christ, but he's a representation of grace. That first man on his own, never going to get salvation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're never going to get there on our works We won't get there based upon anything. You can look at, you know, if you've got children that are great, that's awesome. If you've got uh, people in your ancestry line that were great, that's awesome. But the scripture tells us in a couple of places, don't point back and say, I'm a child of Abraham, so I don't need this, because this is a representation. And, And certainly there are people that want to look at this and make it a natural hierarchy, and if they could trace their roots back to Abraham naturally, they think that gives them a leg up. It doesn't. We are a Jew, which is a Jew inwardly. It's spiritual. This is a natural representation of the spiritual things. And so when we look at Isaac, we look at a person who is the child of promise wasn't wasn't born uh, to a bond woman, was born to a free woman and he represents that lineage down to Christ he represents grace and so when you look at these two and you can compare them uh, and and it is harsh it's a harsh thing when you become under conviction and realize that you are short That there is something there that you cannot make up yourself. That was a hard thing for me. I I didn't want to die and go to hell, but I knew I had one option. That's the representation of Ishmael here. And I'm not saying Ishmael was a bad boy. He probably wasn't. It doesn't say anything bad about him here. And God helped him. God heard his cry when he was sick and, and, and needing help. God heard him because God loves this flesh but when you consider what it means spiritually, I think there's a real great representation there. There's a couple of other examples of this. Uh, One that was just last week's lesson. I had studied some of that before Becky got sick, and I listened to Carl, and I thought he did a great job of it. But if we look at Cain and Abel, we can see the same thing. Cain was the firstborn. Abel was the secondborn. Abel brought a gift to God that was the shedding of blood. And over in Hebrews, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And that's Hebrews 9. So, and Carl taught this so wonderfully. The the law of Moses, those tablets, boy, it was a long time. I don't know how many years you might have said. I don't remember. But it was a long time before that law was going to be handed down. But we've got... God will talk to us and he'll tell us and we've, we've got a conscience and God will let us know what's right and what's wrong and what we need to do. But if you look at Cain and Abel, it's another representation of that first man. Cain representing that, that fleshly man and, and Abel brought a sacrifice, a gift to God that was uh, you know, a slain animal and it was something God would accept. And we look at this struggle. You know, if if the part of us that's our soul will accept Christ then we're going to be victorious and if it won't then this flesh will run rampant and the, the flesh can run rampant anyway but we've got even if we're saved but we've got God down in there telling us so you know Cain and Abel was a great example and then to me one of the one of the best examples is uh, Moses and Joshua i mean God even delivered the law directly to Moses. And so he's certainly representative of the law. And he led the children of Israel for, you know, 40 years through the wilderness. And he got up, and God said, right to the edge, and God said, you can't go in. The law will never get you there because this flesh is weak. But grace will get you there. Joshua, in that representation, represents grace. Grace. And Joshua took over, Moses said, here's your leader, and he led the children into the promised land. And we we taught about that just a while back. But that's, I mean, representing salvation, okay? So this flesh will never get us there, but grace certainly will. So does anybody have any comments on that before we we move on and we'll get on into the, the second part of this lesson? Appreciate your attention. Um, <clears throat> and so we're here at verse 15, and they've been sent into the wilderness. Now, it doesn't say how long that they've been out there. I don't know if it was a day, could have been a week, could have been a month. I don't really know. But verse 15 the water was spent in the bottle. And she cast the child under one of the shrubs. So they're, they're out of water, and Ishmael, probably 17 years old is the best I can tell, uh, is with his mom, and he's, you know, he's not doing well. She sets him down under a bush to get some cover. Um, and she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as if it were a bow shot. For she said let me not see the death of the child and she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept so she's in a bad spot here i mean ishmael's sick they're out of water Uh, and she sets him down she's thinking he's about to die she doesn't want to see it and goes over and sits just a little bit away from him and just starts crying all right Um, Verse 17 is interesting because Hagar is here and is crying and you know but uh, it doesn't say that she called on God says she cried she was sorrowful she knew she was in a bad circumstance it says she wept lifted up her voice but it doesn't say she called on God let's listen to verse 17 and God heard the voice of the lad. I think Ishmael was, was laying there. I think he was calling on God. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that Ishmael had salvation or didn't. I don't know. I hope he did. I believe he had an opportunity. Um, a lot of times when you look at these representations, the, the part that represents the flesh... Or the, or the law part don't have salvation I don't know if Ishmael did or not I hope he did but as I said earlier God cares about this flesh and he knew that Ishmael was in a bad spot and Ishmael I think was calling on God because the angel comes and says God heard from the lad didn't hear from from Hagar And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. So, you know, the angel tells her, God heard your son and and his call. So, you know, it's important for us when we get in trouble to know where to call. I mean, God is a present help in time of trouble. But he's kind of like medicine in a bottle. I got some medicine at home in my medicine cabinet. If I get sinus going, I'll go get me some of them Tylenol sinus pills and take them. They help some. But if I leave them in the bottle, they don't do me any good. I'm not saying God is like a, an emergency kit in your car that you just call on when you need help. But God is there if you need help. If you'll call on him, he will be there, and, and he'll hear you. Uh, and, but you got to call on him. Verse 18, arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. I think he's referring to the nation of Islam. He said, well, why would you call that great? Well, this, the great, this word here, can mean a couple of different things. I looked it up because I was interested in that. It can be awesome, like wow, that's the you know the, the most awesome painting I've ever seen, a great painting, or it can be uh, it can describe a large number, and it's I think that's here what it's describing. I think uh, Islam, if you look at just the number, it's a great nation. There's a, there's a lot of people that that follow that, and so. God's telling her, he's not going to die. I've hurt him. Go comfort him, and I'm going I'm to help you here. All right. Um, and God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. So, he provided. Very present help in time of trouble. Uh, the commentary spent a little time, and I thought it was interesting, but they said they don't know why she didn't see the well before this i don't know either but she didn't you know maybe she should have seen it and just didn't maybe god had it hid from her maybe it wasn't there before he pointed it out to her maybe he just he put it there i don't know that i remember when uh, it's been gosh 20 25 years ago Uh, I was at Bob Evans one day with my dad. We were having lunch, and uh, he started having real bad chest pains, very severe chest pains, right on the left side. I was worried. I said, uh, I'm going to take you to the hospital. No, I don't need to go. I said, no, we need to go to the hospital. Your symptoms, you know, you got to get them checked out. may not be anything. So I called Mom and said, meet us over there. So we took him over there. And we got in there, and the doctor came in and saw him, and he was concerned too. He said, we need to do a heart cath right away. So I was praying, and a lot of folks at the church found out about that, and they were praying, different people were praying. Well, they go in, and they do the heart cath, and the doctor comes back out, and he says, I didn't find anything that I thought I was going to find. He said, how are you feeling? And my dad said, well, I'm feeling fine now. I'm not having any problems at all. And the doctor said, well, based upon your symptoms, I thought we were going to find major blockage in there, and we didn't. Okay, so one of the nurses came in and talked to my dad later. And, said, and she knew he was a pastor. She said, Pastor, do you think that you had those blockages and God took them away? Or do you think that there were never were blockages there? And, and Dad said, I'm not sure which way it is. I'm just glad that there aren't any blockages there. I, you know, he didn't want to have to have more procedures. And that's the way God is in our life. There's a lot of times I don't know if God has fixed it or if he just assured me that it was okay. But again, he's a very present help in time of trouble. There's no greater peace than there is with God, even when there are troubles. Now, obviously, everybody that goes in to have a heart catheterization and prays, those don't always turn out exactly like dads did. I'm very blessed that that one did. Some people have got blockages, and I'm thankful we've got doctors and God can direct them And and help deal with those things, but I guess the point I was trying to make is I don't know if the well was there and she didn't see it or if God put the well there or if he just, if he had it hid where she couldn't see, but when Ishmael called on God and asked for help God provided help. and and It's amazing to me how he does that. Uh, Let's read verse 20 here. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. Um, And then, obviously, later, as I told you, uh, he had 12 sons, right? And out of his lineage uh, came Muhammad, uh, which, again, you go back to here, and it's easy to think, well, boy, if Abraham and Sarah had just waited but they did and God still blessed them in spite of them you know taking a wrong step becoming impatient and I'm so glad that God still blesses over taking wrong steps being impatient trying to help God making mistakes because if he didn't I'd never get a blessing because I make them every day uh, But anybody have any comments or questions on this I appreciate your attention. Do you have something? She may have, um, and, you know, certainly you can look at Hagar, and, and she's a very sympathetic uh, person in this story, uh, had very little choice, had a lot of things that went against her. And, you know, God says he's no respecter of persons. And certainly from a natural standpoint, Hagar's life was a lot different than Sarah's life. But I think God gave them both an opportunity to be saved. And uh, that's where there's no respect to persons. God will reach out to each one of us. Uh, and certainly our circumstance can impact how receptive that we are. But God still gives us that opportunity and that, that choice. that Bill. Anyone else? Thank you for your attention. Brother Carl will be back next week. with that uh, not everybody will so it's, it's a should be a matter of great urgency for us all to try to get our people saved get them where they can hear the gospel and, and have an opportunity uh, it's sad to me that there are a lot of people that I know are saved but don't have any urgency towards trying to get their people in don't understand it. uh, Let's pray for our service today. Uh, Looking forward to our service. Thank you for your attention. Uh, Appreciate everybody for being here.